0: Peter 3, 8 um, until 16, so pay attention to this. Suffering for doing good. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called to, so they may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and seek good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that you speak maliciously, so that those who speak maliciously against you and your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I always appreciate
1: it i that do it with the Miko. She'll crack more jokes. than um, anybody <laughs> She's always ready to appear at night. And that makes me excited. I'm very encouraged to be able to bring the word tonight. We've been going through the book of first Peter. I'm going to call the offering people up to come in and offer. Because I've waited for the offer. But I don't think I the money. So. Um, <laughs> <It's> a, give. <laughs> show me the moon. Lights I just stay on. I'm just kidding. Give as you feel like. Um, so. We're going to 1 Peter at Thrive and we have the opportunity to listen to pastors from all over our community come and communicate God's word. What does this word say to us? How can we live accordingly knowing who God is? And so based upon that, we have the opportunity to just dive into Scripture and really see what Scripture has to say to us. Remembering that the Bible is not written to us, it's for us. And it's teaching us ways... We can live in light of knowing God. Let's pray. Right. God, you are good and faithful. I ask that as I preach your word tonight, that you go before me. God, prepare a place for us to rest in your word and be saturated with it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to me. Amen. Many of you have heard the word election before and Heard it in the context of the church. Matter of fact, when I say the word election, some of you in here skimmed your face at me and it's like, oh no, here it goes. You don't want to handle the word election, have nothing to do with the word election. And then on the flip side, as I said the word election, some of you looked straight into my face and were so happy and excited. You You were so proud that I would stand up here and say the word election. For all of you out there that think that I'm talking about election that's salvific, I beg I think that although the Bible talks about election and it does deal with salvation, I believe that the Bible talks about a different type of election as well. It talks about a different type of calling and election, which I would argue is an election for as an election of plurality. When you hear the word election, you who might be you know, on the different side of the fence might think about election and how God elects good for salvation, and yada, 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 that side. And then you have the other side that say, oh, well, election based upon your free will, yada, 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 the other side. But I would argue that although I do believe that the scripture does bring election in light like, uh, of some yeah. mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm.
0: can mm-hmm. 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 debate that for centuries, like, I do think that there's a distance. Thank you for it. In yeah. Yeah. In you
1: I actually believe, I really do believe that all the churches elected, and we are elected for a mission. We're elected, we're called oh. as a group, elected for a mission to do. Like God calls Noah. Like oh, yeah. God calls him. God calls the church. Oh, yeah. I always do it in your life. Today we are now, now in. White. 1 Peter, like I said earlier, and we know that in 1 Peter, it talks a lot about suffering and, and how Christians should live in life of suffering. And we're kind of still in that trap. We're kind of still moving around those trenches. And in the first part of this passage that was read today, it talks about how we should give, at least if you're a believer inside the church, should respond and invest in blessing. But you have to ask the actual question should respond in blessing. If if blessing is something that someone is supposed to respond in, then who should be the person that responds in blessing? But it seems like our scripture today tells us that the person who responds in blessing is a person that receives blessing. A person who responds in blessing is a person that receives blessing. So who are the people then that
0: received blessing? Let's take a look at Ephesians 1 3 through
1: 6. It says this Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. The ones who receive blessings are the ones who are adopted into the family of God. And the ones who are adopted into the family of God are the ones who are supposed to respond in blessings. He said it again, the ones, and I'm going to reverse it, the ones who are supposed to respond in blessing are the ones that have been blessed. The ones who have been blessed is the ones that are adopted into the family of God. So what does that mean for the enemies and believers? When I say adoption, automatically you think about how you have been now drafted into a family that's so great and so majestic wonderful, you can't even fathom. I don't know, but you, maybe some of you in here might have been adopted, adopted and understand what it means to be a part of a family. What it means to now not only become a part of a family, but also receive the blessings that come with being a part of that family. When you, believers, have come into the family of God, you receive the blessings that come along with it. And you continue to receive the blessings that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us. Knowing this and enlightening this, then we can say that because we are blessed, we should then bless. But it all boils down to knowing your identity in Christ. Many times you see Christians don't respond in a blessed way because they don't know who they are in Christ. I know in my own personal life I find myself wrapped up In making choices that are not blessing others because I am too busy trying to be someone that I'm not. Because Christ has made me a new creation. Now I can act out on my new creation, yet I still find myself constantly acting out on the old. Maybe I touched someone in here just now, they themselves act out in the old. They know when they see people they don't like, they look at them and be like, why? Because that reason. Because the reason they do that is why they want to act in that world pleasure. Christ actually did something amazing though. He changed that for us because he made it known that we, his children, part of his family and his family's family. So knowing who should respond, the next question is, how should we respond? So the first thing is to respond non judgmental I don't know if you have any note-takers in here. If you're like me in any way, I don't take notes because my brain is so great. that
2: <laughs> 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 But
0: for
1: the first part, you are going to talk about how you should respond. You should respond non judgmentally When we approach situations, I, what, actually, one thing I realized about human beings? That we love to make ourselves feel good. I would argue that I have reached the pinnacle, and I think I've reached pinnacle, of trying to make myself feel good. I do things in many different ways that I could possibly do to make myself feel good. That's what we do as Christians. So what we do is we, we, speak, we try to find ways in which we can make ourselves feel good. And sometimes that is putting down on the people. There's a story about a tennis player named Serena Williams. Back in September of 2018, there was a national TV tennis event going on. And Serena did something that was the same. She went nuts. She was angry because she believed that she was treated unfairly because she was a woman. And the theory that came out of this lady, she called the referee a liar. She threw her back on the ground. She went easy and was on TV for everyone city. Now, if you went on social media after this event, you'd realize that there was fingers pointing this way, fingers pointing that way, everybody casting judgment on Serena for what she's done. Now, I'm not agreeing or justifying the act that she did, but what I've realized is that everybody's pointing a finger The same thing I realize happens even inside the church. When we see someone that mess up, the first thing that we do is we like to point a finger. We like to make sure that they know that they have done something wrong. But well, what if you were like Serena? See, Serena is arguably the best at her craft. And maybe she's doing it at her best. That lady is amazing. We caught her though at one of her worst times and was broadcast live. What if at your worst time, you've been broadcast live for the whole world to see? Then everybody has an opportunity to judge you for what you've done. It wouldn't make sense. As a matter of you might be very angry. You To see my jump, the things that I do in private, I do in my own life, my thoughts, my worst desires, my worst insecurities. Imagine if that was on a live TV that I would I want to be judged. So why don't we respond to people in the same way? So how do we respond then to people who wrong us? How do we then respond to people that insult us, that offended us? Should we be judgmental to them? Seems not. But I also tell us to be kind. If you remember how our passage started tonight, it says, finally, all of you, be like minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. For me, I find it hard sometimes to be kind, especially when someone has done wrong to me. When someone actually has against me out there at the time to them, they must feel the wrath of my dear self. This doesn't play out better than in marriage. Oh my gosh. I do start to pray sometimes because the minute she does something, I'm so quick to cast judgment. It's not all kind of words that come out of this mouth. I want to let her know that she's wrong and that I am right.
0: But what I realize, though, deep
1: down inside, that stems from something a bit deeper. Because she does, the same thing that causes me to. So I want to make sure that she cannot see what is going on down there and I can make sure hers is elevated. Maybe you do that same thing with your life When friends make mistakes. They you don't answer kindly. You're not, you're not being sympathetic. You're not showing love and compassion to one another. Rather, you do are doing the opposite. You don't do what Michael tells us to do, how to respond to when someone wrongs you. You know you find yourself trying to play the, 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 the God figure. You try to be the one to show the judgment on the person, it eventually causes you the judgment on yourself. So how then can you look at something like that? See my mom always told me when I was younger. When you point your finger at somebody, there's always three fingers pointing right back at you. Yeah. And every time I point my finger at somebody in judgment, me, I'm going to mind. Uh, there's three things yeah. to right. Because there's something inside call the of called sin It causes me to act to same The first thing i But this is no, no strange thing, right? Our Savior did the same thing. He was up on a cross, and the people were slaying him. He's up there, like all the naked people beating him, and on him, doing all these different things. And Jesus To them in that time was what? Father, forgive them. We plead justice, justice, justice all the time. And even a just God on the cross said, Mercy. What does that mean for us as believers as we live out our lives in this time? What does that mean for us believers when people wrong us and, does it bad and do something wrong to us? If we want to live like Jesus, if we want to be like Jesus, our response shouldn't be to be judgmental. Our response shouldn't be to, to be angry and mean and that all these, these negative things. Actually, our response should be to bless well, them. That's hard to say. I, I agree. I, I, I don't know what has gone on in your life. Who's wrong with you in your life? It's hard of me to probably say, just ask that. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't agree with that. But I would challenge you to look at this. I bet you Jesus does. I bet you Jesus understands what's going on in your life. And he, who suffered a death that's so great, responds to his death in forgiveness. And the next question you ask is, why then do we the respond this way? In light of knowing who should respond in and in, in, as it comes to people who have insulted you, who have done you wrong, you know, who was supposed to reply, you know, how it was supposed to respond? Now, why should we respond? 1 Peter 3 9 says this Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with, with blessing, because, because sorry, because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Listen to that again. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Some people, some scholars even, argue that this could mean some works-based salvation. Or, are you telling me that the only reason I should bless people is to get my ticket they heaven to receive my blessing? I would argue that it's actually the opposite of that. It's actually it's saying that you, in light of the good work that's already been done in Christ, you respond then in giving blessing. Because, actually, the good work that Christ has done on the cross, you now then respond in giving, blessing. Because of what's in your life and what you have received, you then do blessing. I'm going to ask you this question. Have yeah. you ever met a person who always wanted to get the greats? And they, they, great. they finally got the greats. They finally got the grade they wanted. They got the 3.5, 3.9, <laughs> <that> they got the They are the world. how hard they are, and they give you all this stuff because they have made it. What about the person who finally is dating the person they have crushed on for a long time? They're so excited and they're so enthusiastic and they just want to tell everybody, I've been crushing on this girl for two months. And she said yes. What a great feeling inside. Oh, the girl who's been crushing on the boy for nine days and he's like, yeah, that's right. And she feels so right inside. That he would say, will you go to the game? That's what she would tell you. What about the person who got that dream job? Oh, they can't wait to tell you how God has opened up the doors of heaven and let rain on their life. They've got the dream job that they always wanted. They've got the dream job that God has for them for. See somebody calling about this when something happens that's transformative in your life, you want to share it, it just happens that way. So, the same transformative thing that happened in your life with Jesus Christ, you then share it because it's so exciting. There's no way you can hold it in. You want to share the blessings that have been given to you. But even the person I talked about who got good grades, they'll always come to and tell you, Well, I think you would get it. You would they're great, They're encouraging you. They're telling you how to do your homework, how to make things happen, they got one 3.5 grade point average. Or the person who, who finally got to date, the person they always want, they've been dating for one month, they can tell you all relationships, how to deal every argument, how to do with every relationship. Or the person who, have been, who got that dream job, and I can tell you how to write the perfect resume for your job. Because they're so enthusiastic <laughs> about what happened to their life, they then what? I'm going to tell you about it. I hope that's how excited you are about Christ. I hope that's how how excited you are about the blessings that you have received. That you walk out of this building and you have no other no other part of your body that doesn't want to share what Christ has done for you. Not, no part of it wants to see you in, in what actually you want to see come outward. You want to work hard to be able to, to tell people the truth about a God that died for them so that they may have eternal life. Our passage today to tells us that you, my dear friends, are called. You, believers, are elected to go on a mission. Do bless you. How many of you in here do that? How many here are actually excited about doing that? See, the reason that I use those three examples, the good grades, the daily, the dream job, is because I saw it right here. These are things right now in the community people get excited about. Am I lying? You know the person, you know You know when you got that new job, how excited it was, you wanted to kiss your boss, you know how exciting it was when you, when you finally gave the person you wanted to go ask their parents to marry them right away? You remember when you got the good grades and not after that one, 3.5, you couldn't get it over a 3.2 after that? But, it depends too much you a It's worth doing more than anything I just said. So, how dare we sit in these four walls and become this so contained looking Christian bubble couple? You know, we're so cute. to be We're so nice. I, I tell all my problems. Oh, gosh, I'm so Christian. Yeah. you know, not you leave this place, I'm going to tell the truth about our blessings. If it's so great, you're such a great community, you're going to tell everybody about your problems, then why don't you tell the people about it. Why is it so contained in these four walls? And it it's so good. Why? Why is this not something that's encouraged to you? Why do you respond to people, even when they, they're wrong in your faith, in a nice way? Tonight, young adults, I come to tell you that this is a challenge for all of us. It's a challenge for all of us to get up and pull our bootstraps up. We claim to be in the army of the Lord, but we find ourselves in, the, in our little cute bubbles. We call to be intentional, yes, in our own bubbles, we also call to reach this world. That's how dare we have to respond in that way? The second thing that the Bible, I believe, in our text tonight, says that we are called to, the first one being a call to, a call to respond in a blessing. The second thing being to we called to respond. Sorry, called to be ready to answer. This is what the pastor says right down there. 1 Peter 3 15, 8 says this. But in your heart to revert Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Read that again. But in your heart to revert Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. give us three things tonight that we can do as believers to prepare ourselves to be ready to give an answer? Since it's something that we're called to. The first one is to know and study the Word. The definition of study is the state of contemplation careful or extended consideration. It's amazing that the, the Bible tells us to, to study the word, it actually does, because Paul, talking to his young pastor, he says this, to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, to, to uh, as a worker, who does not need to be ashamed, but who's, who correctly handles the word truth. One other version says this, Study to show thyself who was the Asian version so Study to show thyself who a workman, not meaning to be ashamed, but rightly word of truth. Paul tells his young pastor to be in his word and to study it carefully. It is amazing how Christians, after we get in our Christian levels, we forget to be in our word. If we are called to be able to give an answer, we should always be prepared be able to study. I know some of you are looking at me and saying, but he was talking to a pastor. I'm not no pastor. That's what we sus. <laughs> How dare you stand up in front of my face and say you're not no pastor? You think that i am standing up here with some wooden pulpit that I used to be pastor? We all care to of every believer in us as we walk out of this place. We are entitled to carry our faith with us and be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, what, what is it that we're doing in here if we're not studying our Word? Charles Virgin, the King of Preachers, what they call him, said this about studying the Bible and taking ground of the Bible. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. It is needful to dwell on this head because many Christians appear to think that if they are just believers, it is enough. We do we not do it in business. That when we think about, sorry, we don't in business think that it is enough if we barely escape bankruptcy. A man does not say if his dear child is sick and ill for years, as long as he's alive, we should leave him. We do not think of our own bodies that as long as we can breathe, it is enough. So holy scripture requires searching. Much of it can only be learned by careful study. Listen to what a pastor of our lifetime has said. Probably one of the first pastors of churches, are you? He said this He said that the Holy Scriptures require searching, and much of it can only be learned by careful study. Believers, if you want to be able to always be equipped to be ready to answer, you need to study and know your word. Listen to the second point that I have about me ready to answer is to meditate on your word. This is the definition of meditation. Meditation, to engage in reflection, to engage in a mental exercise for the purpose of reaching a heightened level of spiritual awareness. How many of you would say that you meditate on your word? Some of you are like, I study the word, come on, I read my devotions, I do it up. Now after you read your devotions, do you meditate on it? Do you let it simmer a little bit? I like to watch rice cook. If you ever had a non-rice maker, I didn't go up in a home that had a rice maker. We were, you know, not the well privileged people. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, <rice> <laughs> we, we had rice We had one home, my mom just put a little iron thing under the pot so the rice wouldn't burn. But if it does burn, you scrape the bottom of the pot and you get it to the dog. It's called pot cake. So, here's the deal: uh, You can you try food waste, you, know, you don't buy a dog food, you feed the dogs with each other. So, anyway. In that, you put this little plate on the edge, you put the rice on, and as the rice starts to cook, it starts to simmer. It just has to be these little, little bubbles on the top of it. You know what rises down there? In your spiritual life, do you do that? After you read That's the word, do you have know, the little bubbles similar so like Are you taking the time to meditate on your word? Matter of fact, Psalm 1, 1-2 says this, Blessed are the, uh, the ones who do not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take, seat of, or take a seat in the company of walkers. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, those are the ones who will be blessed. How much are you meditating on your word? The Bible says that that's the one who's going to be blessed. The one who's soaking it in to the third one says this, to internalize the word. Internalization is defined as this, to incorporate within the self as uh, as conscious or subconscious, let me it To incorporate within the self as conscious or subconscious. So now after you study your word, and you know your word, and you let it simmer a little bit, that's kind of the internalize, it's kind to of eat that rice. Now when that rice came up the pot, I tell you, stop, some butter on that, mm, so good, simply <laughs> with your word. It's time to internalize your work. Make it something that's so a part of your life that it consumes you. Not only is it it something you study, something that you just know, not only is it something that you meditate on, you reflect on, but it's something that's a part of your life forever. It's something that is so much a part of your life that it's in your subconscious. There's this is only this guy who set up to disprove Christianity. And he's very he got outside of you know, us, and on his deathbed, you know he was calling on his deathbed. Is that right now? He's going to Bible. It was so much in this man's life, that he's on his deathbed, trying to just, he's trying to disprove Christianity, and he's there calling the scriptures. I hope I invite I hope I you to talk like that. I hope I've internalized it enough that I let it out like that. It needs to be so much a part of us that even in our sleep, for heaven's sakes, to think about it. We allow the word to be such that we allow to be so consumed with the word that the word becomes a living word inside of us. Do you want to be able to respond? Do you want to be able to answer and give an answer to people? Well, you need to know your word. You need to meditate on your word you also have to internalize your It's not a game, Christians. So we like to play the game of, of memory versus you know? Because we had this game back when I was growing up in Sunday school, and you know, I grew up back, so the Sunday school is one thing I got to play. And anyway, and in that, we, we had this thing called um, draw swords. So we take our Bible, and everyone has a paper Bible here. you just, just give it to me for a second, I'm going to use it for I don't that. So let's what we do. We take a Bible and, and, and uh, we play draw swords. Then the leader of the, of the game will open the Bible and just open it to page. And they'll quote off this verse and look to find as fast as you can with the reading. Right? Ask me how much of those verses I remember. Exactly. What's the point of that I can That I can be able to find the scriptures fast. Oh wow, I mean, someone says, I forty. before you know, eat that <laughs> we take time to learn your scriptures. We take it seriously when we learn our scriptures for the reason that we will be able to be changed from our own lives. How dare our theology be great when our lives didn't change. But that's a different story for a different day. Listen to what it said in Psalm 37, 30, and 31. The mouth of the righteous are the word of fire's wisdom, and their tongue speaks what is just. The law of God, sorry, the law of their God is in their heart, and they Is the word of God in your heart, or is it something you know? not Are you just going to quote the scriptures? Are you just going to reflecting on the goodness of first spirit? of the word is saturated in your heart, and it's so good. I'm calling us to a higher standard. I'm calling us to a place where where we as believers should know our word and not take it for granted. How many religions can say that their God has come down to them? Not even of he started and went out and left, but he came down to them and laughed. And not only that, he left a word of independence. How much religion is this I like how the Bible, though, I like that Peter did a good job. He talks about how we should deal with people who insult us before he talks about how we should always prepare for an answer. Isn't that amazing? And he starts talking about how we should respond to people who insulted us, how we should respond in blessing, and then he gets to the point where he says, now always be ready for an answer. God shows us how to do this actually. That we should answer people, A great way. Matter of fact, I would argue that right after he tells us to always be ready for an answer, he tells us how to answer. He says in this 1 Peter 3 15b, but do this with gentleness and respect. The third thing for tonight is we're called together. We matter. Whether you believe it or not, we matter as messengers. The person who gives the message actually matters. I know you guys are like, what? Some of you are like, it's God's word. It don't matter, it's God's word. Well, this is, this is the issue of that. Paul, talking to his young pastor Timothy, tells, doesn't only really teach him how to do logic. He doesn't only really tell him to study to show himself approved. He also teaches him how to have good character to be above reproach, to be a man of, of one life, right? you know the, the list of the things that go on, you know what that is? He teaches him to, to be a guy with good stewardship. Because see, what we don't understand is that it's, it's great if we have good theology, but our character is whack. Nah, that's an issue. How many pastors you know who have sound theology? These guys can preach, these guys are great explorers in terms of the word they fall to some character flaw. They have disqualified themselves because they didn't see the importance of just once you're working on your theology, you must work on your character. That's why he says when you're ready to give a response, you must give a response gently and with respect. How much do you get into arguments and you don't do nothing with gentle with respect? Remember when Jeremiah and I first met? This is Jeremiah before, Jeremiah was convinced that he could Knocking out of my Calvinist
2: wisdom.
1: That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you get out these gates, and although I hate hate, oh my gosh, I'm okay. <laughs> 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 so hate. So you get so wild, you get so crazy, you get so all out there, and you realize this thing is not gentle and hard at all. We're not trying to give an answer in a gentle place. Matter of fact, I I just was—it's so amazing. I, I have to talk about our trip. Because in our trip, we, we have people that don't don't want to take our flyers from us, the trip that we went to Florida. You don't know about it. me, a team of a little of us, we drive here and a we'll team up in Chapel Hill and we went to the University of Florida to do a lot to projects and out there. And um, we usually stand up and give flyers out and people reject us all the time. I mean, if you're a guy and you've ever been rejected with a girl, it's 10 times worse than that. You always step in the air, you know, you're no, whatever it is, a sun, you just pass them out of these fires. some people are like, come yeah, So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing this, and um, I've realized that people actually watch your dream. They watch the walk. Because their character matters. Now there's some guys who I believe, even in the midst of, they mess up the character flaws, there's sometimes, I think, that people, even though they don't mess up, they're hard to listen to, I've never met the pastor who who preaches really well, but he's so arrogant, and you just kind of don't want to listen to him. He's speaking the truth, he really is. Or oh, she's just really doing, she's no, just exposing to uh, her, and she's just uh, preaching the word, but her character is black. Wow. You just ah, uh, I don't want to listen. I actually know two guys, I think there's good brothers in the faith, and I'm not going to leave any of I don't want like to fire them. But there are two really good theologians out there, and I think that this happens really big. They, they got their heads. Just because they are known for their arrogance. I can believe that these guys have really good things to say. I really do. I really think that they have really good theological insights. Their character and this this, this arrogance is causing people not want to listen. Christians, when you get out to your work field and we are out in the society, people watch the way you act? They do. It's just true that they do. So if you're in here struggling with a character floor, allow God to work on you. Allow God to change you from the inside. Allow God to come into that space. Don't be ashamed to say that I have, I have some deceitful ways in me. I have some slanderous ways in me. I have some really deep private that I can't get rid I just encourage you to allow God to go into
0: that. Let God look into that and
1: deal with that for you. Don't hold it away from him in some secret dark corner. Bring it up to the light. It's going to allow your character to mess up who God can have you be, be. It's sad that this is a to and great guys. Who we'll allowed your character to fail. them. Two years ago we were in Berkeley. Doing the same trip. mission trip. And I cannot forget this moment. I'm going to offend some people in here tonight. And that's okay. Instead of them. Uh, I am officially so private. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in Berkeley, and as, as we approached this, this this week, you know, it's the first time we're there, and we're just going wild. We're giving off flyers, we're holding up signs, we're doing these things Monday, Tuesday, last well, Thursday. This guy comes past one of the criminal and says this He says, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I respect your husband. hustle. <laughs> That after <laughs> but I realized this <laughs> because of our, our persistence in Christ because we're out there giving up these fires because we want to be ready to, be, to give an answer so can see the character of that and respect that <laughs> but the same thing is that I, I don't want to tell them really what I have to say is hey I'm glad to respect my effort hustle but then I think about somebody else who going to effort hustle for you Ooh. See, there's someone, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that because I'm on book, <laughs> but trust me, I'll just say But i just say that in the, 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 the apostle, and then i can careful to know that someone <laughs> made their life. Carved steps down into the ocean where, say, the carved steps so that other slaves would be able to get off the ship. It's so close that you could touch it. You could see the huts that they used to live in. Knowing that in my head, I'm understanding that I can't help but think about this passage that says, Don't grant me the glory of Lord and self But I'll be honest, sometimes I want to respond in a way that's angry, violent. Sometimes I'm going to respond to every little racist comment made to me, even today, in this time frame, and now in this city, sometimes even in this place. But I remember that Jesus doesn't an answer to every sin that I do. Matter of fact, he died for every sin. So my response, even though I couldn't respond in a mean way, I could retaliate back. I respond in blessing. Yes, it hurts. It hurts, really. cuts deep. But I still respond in blessing, knowing that that's how my Savior would respond. He wouldn't tell me to respond in anger. He wouldn't tell me to respond in violence. He'd tell me to respond in blessing. I don't know who hurt you in your life. What insults had happened to you? But I can say this, that your sacred to respond to nothing. Whatever it may be. we we'll call to your people ready to answer. I have two books here that I want to recommend. If you want to guide it, after, after you get to know your word, Actually, I asked I a book that he would recommend easy read. He said, this is also the reason for our book as well. Um, it's an easy read uh, these two books. And I think that if you, if you were interested in learning more about apologetics and being ready to answer, I would encourage you to take time to read some of these. Um, know that these are these not a substitute for the Bible that you should be able to read. These are help in answering questions. So I would encourage you to, to read. Some of these things, the next of course is called The Reason for God is a Killer. It's also book. So if you're looking for something to be able to help and answer questions, you can do that last. Um, if you have a character thing that's going on, I'd encourage you to not say oh, You talk to a small group leader. Get that number, get, grab coffee. Don't let your character cost you. And if you're a small group leader, then to talk to Michael and Amanda. If you imagine a man who has to talk to God, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I encourage you tonight. As believers, I really think that 1 Peter does give us a way to even up. And wrapping this up, I really do think that as, as a response to suffering, I know it's hard sometimes not to respond to anger. I really do. I feel. When someone does something wrong to you, when someone persecutes you for your faith, when someone says something that's stinking rude, I know it's hard. You'll respond to blessing. Second, be ready to act for the hope that you love inside. You have Jesus Christ. Be ready to respond in that. Last, of good character. Work in character, a lot of words work in you. Let me close off then. Let's pray. God, we thank you for just being who you are. We come to you because we know that you're good and beautiful and that you. you're sovereign father of the world. So, God, we just lay anything in our hearts right now that we not be and you actually hate. Surrendering to you understanding that you're now a part of the family of God. God prepares to be ready to give an answer, always and at all times. Work on us Lord. work on our prayer, amen.